and the Oscar goes to Parasite. <laughs> Parasite has six Academy Award nominations and is the first film not in the English language to win Best Picture, winning four Oscars tonight. And welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where we take a film out of the wonderful book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. Uh, my name is Adam St. John. Uh, my name is Ian Woodington. However, this week, uh, we're not talking about the book. We are we are going to say au revoir to 2019. And uh, what's another language we can say hello in? That's not just hola, which I felt like was really... I, I got Guten Tag, but I think that's good morning. That's fine. We'll say good, we, we're going to we say good morning. We can say good morning yes, in 2020. Yeah, Perfect. Um, so uh, we're going to give you just, uh, you know, some some more reaction-based opinions on the Oscars and how that was and what we think about it. And then we're going to uh, give you uh, our most anticipated films of 2020. So, Ian, how would you do on your predictions there? Um, not, not terrible. Okay. I mean, I didn't, I didn't go and take a, a count, which maybe I should have done. Well, but... I, I, if you want to count, I can tell you how I did. Okay. Okay. So I got 16 out of 24. I believe Melissa got 18. She... Now, is this what you thought would win? Or These what... are my predictions. Like, sorry, this is what you thought was going to win versus what you wanted to win. Correct. Okay. Yes. Uh... Now, in that case, I, I've, I felt really happy about some things. Now, I will say right off the bat that I did predict Parasite winning. But that was me thinking with my heart. But I, I'm still damn proud to say that I got that right. I only did 11. Okay. I, I didn't do so good. That's, that's, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so I was, I was going optimistic. Although, I mean, if you want to jump right in, I am very happy that Joker only got two out of 11. Well, and I only guessed two, and I, I got yeah. those right. Yeah. I, fi- I, I, I listened to just snippets of the scores before um, watching the awards, and... I mean, honestly, besides Star Wars, which I don't understand how John Williams got another nomination for just riffing on an old score. I think it's I think it's to do with the fact that it's the last one he'll ever do. So I think it's kind of more of a tip of the hat. So, yes, we're recognizing this massive he, body of work. He also got a nomination for the first one coming or the sorry, the um the seventh one. I believe so. Which is, I just, I just don't get it. See, for that, for me, that was like a, oh, welcome back. And then this is a, a tip of the hat. But, yeah, you know what I mean? I guess, but it's, what the fuck is this? I'm just trying to justify it in like whatever terms they may be I thinking just, of I, it. I, and, and maybe, I mean, I just wonder what other deserving score could have slipped in, N- not to win, but just to get a nomination. Because I think there are times where we know this, whatever, this film, this sound design this cinematographer it's not going to win but it's really cool to get nominated and i think that the john williams one just feels like somebody got somebody got jacked from not getting a nomination did you did you think there was enough score in the lighthouse to to justify maybe a nomination for it i felt like it was there was a it was pretty light on music but the music that was in it was pretty atmospheric it was pretty ominous yeah Yeah. I, i thought yeah i would agree with that yeah um would but, have been uh, nice to see a little bit more recognition for A24 films. But I that's, agree. That's okay. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have their day. Yeah. Um, so before we jump right to the big stuff, um, do you watch the shorts at all? I don't. Okay. So Not not usually. Like if there's one that like really stands out to me, you know, just based on, on plot or maybe the, the look of it, I'll give it a try. But I, I certainly didn't watch any of the ones this year. So uh, normally for the past like four or five years, we've made it a thing to really try to watch them. I will say that we documentary shorts, we we watched one. We didn't have the time, but we did watch all of the live action and all of the animated shorts. Um, and I really want to see that hair love one. Oh, it's good. That, it's very it looks sweet. fantastic. It's very sweet. And so is Kit Bull. They're actually both very, very... Kit Bull is the, the Disney one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're very sweet. Um, uh, really quickly, the, uh, so the one, Desera, is really weird animation. It, it almost looks like it's stop motion with like paper mache. It's got a really weird... But it's 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 interesting. Uh, black and white. As yeah. Well. yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. Kind of it's like, a, like sepia, sort yeah, of yeah. Like muted colors. Um, and, uh, and Sister was from China and... 
it, it kind of packs a wallop at the end. You don't really know exactly where it's going. And then it kind of like, oh, it kind of hits you. Um, and then the live action shorts. So I've had this theory for a while and I, I, I went against it. And this is not important. This is just stupid Oscar shit. But what I have come to realize, and this year kind of proves this theory that I have, is if the live action short has a recognizable actor, it doesn't have to be famous, just somebody that you go, hey, I've seen that person in something before. It's going to win. It happened a few years ago when, um, oh, uh, Karen Hines was in one. It was I mean, like a decade ago now. It was, I forget what it was called. But that one won that year. Um, last year, the, one of the like bad guys from Hostage was in one. And that one, uh, a couple years back. Are you thinking of David Morse? No, 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 no. No, what? David Morse isn't in Hostage. I'm thinking of the, probably the wrong movie then. Yeah. Uh, the Hostage is the Bruce Willis thing. Yes. David Morse yeah. wasn't a bad guy in that? No. no. He was in a home invasion movie around that time, though. Makes sense. He was maybe the Shia LaBeouf one that was pretty much just a remake of Rear Window. You're oh, Disturbia. God, Disturbia. I never saw yeah, that. Yeah. I'm confusing um, those because they're both fucking terrible. Anyway, though, I, there was, there was a, a couple of these live-action shorts that were really good, and the one they went with was The Neighbor's Window, which has a woman in it, and I don't know her name, but she's been in Things... And, and I, you would go, oh, 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 I've seen her in something. And anyways, it just proves uh, my, my little theory that if you got even a somewhat famous person in your short, you're, you're going to win. Well, I think it was the same for, for Brendan Gleeson in uh, Six, Six Shooter. Shooter but yeah. I did. I have seen Six Shooter and it is fucking fantastic. I still haven't. It's on the when, if you if you bought three billboards, it's on the yeah. right. I just haven't. Yeah. I haven't watched it's it. It's good. It's really, really it's I, fucking dark as shit. Too. I'm excited to watch it. Um, so sorry, that was weird. I'd start with the like the, the awards that most people don't think should even be a part of the telecast. But I anyways, just gonna throw it out Which there. Which is bullshit. They should absolutely be part of the telecast. I'm fine with it. I don't care. I think it, it makes it more well rounded. Yeah. Um so wh- where do you want to start? I don't want to take up too much time. We're we're already a bit removed from it, but now we've had time to let this kind of settle and, and think about it. So we're not like just the next day, just like, oh, look at this, this is something. Um so can, we, can we address the, the song thing? Sure. What the fuck was Eminem doing there? Um, I don't know, but I loved it. Oh, of course you did. Yeah. That yeah. that loss hurt enough back in 2003 because it 100% should have been U2, and I'm not oh, a U2 fan. Oh. But The Hands That Built America, fucking fantastic song. Oh, I disagree. I know you do. I totally disagree. I know you do. Oh, man. I'm, I, I'll just put it, I'm not a U2 fan anyway. But oh, neither that, am that, I. That song is not that great. It It is, though, and it suits... The, I don't think. I don't think enough... <laughs> I don't think enough thought goes into just how well it like frames a film necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. I mean, and I kind of to look at sort of how it works too. A song is going to win most frequently if if the, the song is either played in the movie or riffs of it are played in the movie. And you've got the riffs of of lose yourself all throughout Eight Mile as you're going through. He doesn't sing it, but there are the there are bits and pieces of it as you go throughout. I'm I. I'm totally happy with that winning when it did, and I was I was giddy as all fuck when he when he came did, up. Did on you stage. notice that half the audience looked confused as well as to why he was? It was like, oh, oh, we're doing this. Okay, sure. I I, I was more impre- I was more happy with the crowd that was lip syncing along just like I was fucking doing at oh, home. Oh my Christ! Oh dude! I can- and then uh, what was the other, the other big controversy? Well, I guess that wasn't a controversy, but the controversy of Billy Billy Eilish or Eilish or however the fuck it, you pronounce her name, Billy Eilish. Uh, whatever. Um, she just won like all the Grammys. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and I I don't care. Um, also horrified that she's done the new Bond theme, but I again, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and her warbling through fucking Paul McCartney's uh, yesterday during the in memoriam, I felt like a piece of shit thinking that during the in memoriam. But is are we gonna do this? Like, just get Maca. Why are we doing this? Paul McCartney, sorry, who actually wrote that song. Can we actually get the guy that wrote it instead of having this fucking tween just warble through it? I I think... Anyway, I, her I, resting bitch face during the whole, uh, what was it, the, the Maya Rudolph and uh, Kristen Wiig doing their song, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, it was and then they funny. cut And then they cut to Billie Eilish. She's got like this sneer. Like respect your fucking elders. I, I I do think that that is just kind of her, her appearance. I don't I don't think there's a lot of sinister thought behind it. Um, 
I, I, I can't say that I had any issues with the In Memoriam song. I, I can't, I'm not going to say that I thought it was great. I just, I, I, I'm not even, to be honest, like, I'm not, there have been uh, artists who have performed it in the past, and I've been like, they did a, they did a great job. But I'm not, honestly, I'm not thinking about it. You know, I mean, I, I just don't care. I, I know. They could. Know. They could. That's they, that's me being a grumpy old man. Just get Paul McCartney. <laughs> a grumpy old Brit. Yeah, I would say. exactly. Great. Yeah. Don't uh, don't do that to my music. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Maybe you should go listen to some more U2. Oh. Um, okay. All right. We're gonna be hitting. No? We're gonna we're gonna be hitting below no? the belt today. What? No. As if you don't get to be smug enough here in about twenty minutes. Oh. Yeah, I can't wait. wait. Fucking son of a bitch. Um, so I don't really have. I mean, I you know I I I got some of this. Oh wait, okay. There is one thing I want to, but I I don't care when we jump to the big ones. Yeah, but so I don't know if you noticed this. I I didn't tell you I was doing it. So we watched uh, a movie right after the day after we recorded our um sort of our our favorite films of the year, our top ten list. I I changed my top ten list. I did see. Yeah. Um, Klaus fucking rules that movie. The animation's is, fantastic. The story's eh. oh no, and, and again, and and all, and I get. I mean, this is this this is true for anything that a movie is not just about the content of the movie, but it is the situation in which you see it and the the effects around it. And when I'm sitting on one end of my couch and our our two daughters are in between us and Melissa's on the other end, and like all of these sweet tender fucking incredibly emotional moments are happening and i just kind of like look over at the girls and then melissa and i make eye contact i'm like fuck why am i fucking crying at this movie right now i i fucking thought it was gold i thought it was so much better than any of the animated features better than most of the movies i saw this year that's why it jumped up as high as it did i and and because it won the annie award for best i I thought maybe it's got a chance and so i I thought so i thought so too that was my original pick and then like zero hour i went they're just gonna give it to toy story yeah and 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 they did yeah so did you see the other one the i lost my body that was the one i didn't see okay and and i it was hard to justify watching it because all the other ones we could watch with the girls and that one said it was it didn't it I think it was rated R. I think there was some. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I, it, it definitely made it seem like this is not one to watch with your young kids. So I was like, oh, okay. And then we just, you know, ran out of time, which you do when you're trying yeah. to cram in all these movies. Exactly. Did you get to Pain and Glory? Because you said you hadn't seen that either. <laughs> nah, I didn't no, get I didn't to get to Pain and Glory either. Yeah, I was bummed. Yeah, I wanted to, and I st- I still will because yeah, because it's a Maldivar and yeah. Banderas, and I guess all Maldivar just can't make a film without him. So I, I, I have a, I have a maybe a. Uh, a cheeky way to get into our, our conversation. Um, so, and I don't know if we mentioned this uh, when we were talking about our, our favorite films of the year, but um, so Criterion announced that they are going to be doing, uh, they're releasing four of the Netflix films from this year uh, as Criterion. So it's Atlantics, um, American Factory, Marriage Story, and The Irishman. They also just got Parasite as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That was my way of getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. So Parasite was a big winner, uh, in case you hadn't heard. Uh, it won four Academy Awards. It won International Feature, Original Screenplay, Fucking Director, and Best Picture of the Year. I will say his his speech for Director, I think, is one of the greatest speeches in Oscar history. It was, and I will, it was so good. I will fucking die on that hill. It was it was phenomenal. His thing where he... I mean, and of course, you, you call out your other nominees. I know that's just a thing. But when he goes as far as to say, I wish I had a Texas chainsaw to cut yeah. this statue in five pieces to share it with all of you. Yeah. Yeah. His, his whole tribute to Scorsese was... I I don't I don't get choked up watching these things, but his the way he spoke about Scorsese, yeah. just like oh, stop it. Well, it, it was and and you know because because you know at, at his age he probably was really studying Scorsese's films and and that was sort of a, like a beacon of inspiration. And then the way he called out Tarantino because in in a very similar way to, to what Scorsese does, you know, Tarantino is such a huge proponent of just film and and getting getting you to watch things you haven't seen. And I, I liked the way that he kind of called out Tarantino as well. I well, Tarantino's been a huge supporter, especially of Asian cinema, for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah, that was, yeah, his, that speech was great. I, yeah, it was I, amazing. I'm, I'm a fan of, of everything that happened. All, all parasite related matters. I was, I was giddy as shit. So you don't think in any way, shape, or form 1917 was hard done by? N- no. No. I, I mean, and here's the thing, I, I, I don't have my list, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like my number two of the year still. 
but I, I think far and away, Parasite was the best film of the year. I Now, I picked Sam Mendes. I thought they were going to... That was my prediction. I thought him. they were going to split the vote, too. And I thought Bong would get director, and I thought 1917 would get picture. And I, I, I flipped it. Um, and, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think Sam Mendes got screwed over. I'm not going to go as far as that, because... He did well. It did amazing at the Baftas. It took film and British film. Yeah. Oh no. I, yeah. I know it did. And and I don't want to say it's not a deserving film. It, I I think this is one of those cases where I I I'm more giddy because not only did the film that I respond to the most win, and so there's like a, a weird like personal stake in that. Even though I have nothing to do with the movie, it just it was the one that I I connected with and just enjoyed watching the most. But then to actually to, to kind of, you know, step aside and look at the kind of the bigger picture and, and th- just think about the way that the Academy has, has shifted and to think a, a foreign film just won best picture of the year at the Academy Awards. To just look at that historically and go, that's that's monumental. And and maybe it's just to like film nerds like us that, that we would actually say that. But I think that's that's really impressive. And. So I, I, I love I, I get to like celebrate the win and also I guess celebrate the um the historical nature of it. So I'm I'm thrilled regardless. I, I couldn't I thought when Bong won that I, I that the way I flipped picture director, I thought, oh, fuck, nineteen seventy is gonna win. And and let me also say one more thing, because I wanna give you I wanna give you some time to it's not that nineteen seventeen is a bad movie, because it is a great movie. I just I think as great as it is, Parasite is even better, and and that's it. I think I think that's what it came down to, and and sure maybe it got the short end of the stick, and maybe in a different year it would have won, but I'm I'm thrilled about it. So suck it. I'm no I'm thrilled. Any any time we have the opportunity to to make history, I'm gonna support that, even sure. if it means you know taking a quote unquote loss. Yeah. Um, I think one of the other really big impressive things, I mean, we kind of skipped over score a little bit, but um, a, a woman finally winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only been seven women ever nominated in that category. Yeah. And I, I couldn't find it unless I went back because that statistic just isn't there unless sure. you go back and find it. But is she the first woman to win? That, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's incredible as well. And I loved, what was it, Brie Larson, Sigourney Weaver, and who was the third? Gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah, up there to present that. And then they had a female conductor for the first time yeah. in Oscar history. Like I'm, who, I was mesmerized watching. I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I, I, I cannot and stop looking. You could tell how like insanely happy she was. She was having a fucking blast sure. doing that. And I'm I'm for that. That's great. And like, anytime we have the opportunity to make history, because it took... 82 years for us to finally give a woman best director like why the fuck did it take that long that is well, absurd and it's still crazy just the, the sheer lack of nominations in that category in general for right. women You're right um and i still yeah no, I, greta gerwig was still fucking hard done by yeah and yeah. losing losing adapted screenplay i don't give a fuck jojo rabbit is a good movie fuck that I'm sorry. I, that should that award was Greta Gerwig. She was completely hard done by there. That, that's a tough one, and, and it's not just because I I like Jojo Rabbit. I, okay, here, here's what I would say, and I haven't read the book. Although I, from what I, the way I understand it, there was a real kind of craftily way that he adapted the book into the movie as well. So, it's tough because you have you, you got Greta Gerwig and, and Taika Waititi who are uh, good actors in their own rights, and and now wonderful screenwriters and. You're putting two people who people actually like, like, and I don't, of course, we don't know them, but like the, the I would say the consensus is that people like those two, and I, I, that's tough. I mean, I think you're trying to vote between you, who, how do you, how do you pick that? And now, maybe I'm a little skewed because I, I listened to an interview with Greta Gerwig kind of talk about the process and knowing that the the novel isn't cut up the way that she did it in the movie. I and I really that added a sense of urgency and and originality to watching Little Women that I I don't know that I would have appreciated so much if she hadn't done it. I I yeah, I'm I'm bummed she lost too. I mean, I'm I'm glad that there was at least some love in costume design for Little Women that it got it got something unlike The Irishman, which is now the second Scorsese movie to have 10 nominations and no wins, uh, a la Gangs of New York. Which is still bullshit. I still, I I wanted 1917 to win visual effects, and it did. 
Yes. And it also won cinematography, which, fuck, yes. There was no way. Yeah. Of course. I mean, the number, the sheer number of nominations that Roger Deakins has, and now he, he only, I have to say, well, yeah, he only has three, but, oh, no, he only has two. Two. He only has two. Yeah. Like, he should have a fucking cabinet full at this point. Yeah. So I, I was over the, and his speech, his, his was another speech. I think his was the, my second favorite speech after Bong's. It was Will Farrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and they were, they were doing their shtick about yeah. not knowing what cinematographers does. And he cooks, right? Yeah, he's the guy at craft services. And, blah, and when he comes up and says, you know, I actually am a good cook. Yeah. I, I loved that. that was good. I thought that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, sorry, where was I going with that thread? Um, yeah, Irishman. No, I was really pulling for it to get visual effects. Like in like my heart of hearts, I yeah. wanted some, I wanted some justice for all the shit talking that's been happening about the digital, you know, de aging and shit like that. Because I don't give a fuck. It's a hill that I will fucking die on. The visual effects in that movie are fucking fantastic. And I, I, what's interesting, and and Melissa and I were actually talking about because we we kind of recapped our our choices bef- right before the the telecast and. You know, she picked um, 1917 to win visual effects, and I went with Avengers because I thought I thought it was going to be sort of like a a culmination of all of the. Yeah, it was going to be the Peter Jackson. Yeah, here you go for all three. Yeah, I thought it was just something like that, and you know, visual effects has gone more towards the make it, making things look real versus making things look fantastical the last couple of years, which um, is I think what it should be. Which, but it's it's just it's interesting because it's it's. How, it's like, wh- which way do you want to, are we writing this year? Are we going like, oh, we're going to award it to whatever the newest Marvel thing is because it looks so whatever? Or are we going like, are we going to go the other way? And it's because like with like the Irishman, how they did the, the aging or, or last year, it was first man that won. And I know that there are some visual effects aspects to it, but it was about the precision of making it look real versus the fantastical nature of film, the blank, uh, you know, superhero movie or whatever. So I, I I think that's that I think as as we continue on and and film and and the process of visual effects kind of gets better and better, it'll be curious to see like because like even this year like 1917 and The Irishman are are realistic movies. They're dramas. They take place in like in the real world. And then you've got you've got Endgame and Lion King and Star Wars, and these are all totally different movies, and yet they're all up for essentially the same award. It. That's it, that's one of those crazy ass awards. Yeah. Well, I, well, like I don't know, man. I just I don't feel like we should reward just having actors on a green screen and then we fill in everything later. That's just something that I'm just morally against. But it's not. It's not like this is for best picture. I mean, we right. are talking about the, just the specific art, yes. of visual effects. Yeah. So I, again, I think it's so broad now. Now, especially because now we're 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 shooting. Like, you know, like if, just talking about the way that they did the de-aging, like we're shooting this like like for real and then doing like tweaks later to make it look different. I I don't know. I, think I, it's I prefer be... I prefer the idea of using visual effects to solve a problem rather than just leaning on it, I think, is now, what I'm driving at. I won't disagree with you at all. I, I, I will go on. I am I am a story over over style person every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So. I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm in a total agreement with you, but it just in thinking about it, this it one makes specific sense. category, it makes stopped, sense yeah. for them to to yeah. you know, like I said, tip the cap to those kinds of movies. But I'm glad that they went with a movie that used it to solve a problem. Yeah. Um. I, I guess the last thing I'll say is I got I got all the acting categories right, which is boring in a way. Yeah, it was um, a lock from the Globes, yeah, man. But it, that so, wasn't changing. I was so. Brad Pitt is now an Oscar winner. I'm I'm pretty excited about. That. I mean, for acting. Yes. For acting. Yeah. I am excited about that. Yeah. I think that's great. And him calling out stuntmen, fuck yes. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, we need a stunt category. Like, you know, if we are going to go the direction of where we're going to lean on visual effects, then why can't we and and reward that? Why can't we do the same for for stunts? I mean, what's the difference? I I, I again, I'm I'm totally for it. And I think there are ways because people talk about the uh, the length of the show and are there too many categories and stuff, and I think I, I think one thing that I mean an e- I, I would say this is an easy fix. Just and I'd say this is the next thing the Academy needs to do because I actually personally I thought it was a great telecast. I think they had new producers. I think it moved in a great direction. Oh, no host is great. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with it. 
Um, but I think they should be using it to reduce the length of the show because it feels like all the times that they had somebody introduce another person. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Come on, we don't we don't need this. You're just using this to pad time. Like you're used to this thing being three and a half hours, and now that you don't have a host, you've got to just fill it with random garbage. Yeah, I E M and M. Ah, shut the fuck up. Anyways, what I was gonna say is they need to combine sound. Sound needs to be one award. Because cause you know how when you do production design, they actually they call out the art director and the set director in the nominations. You need to have sound just be one thing. Because half the people don't even understand the difference between the two of these things. Do best sound. You haven't lost any time. It's still just it's one, now we got one award. And now you can get stunt stunt, stunt ensemble that, or something like that. that. I, best I, stunt coordination. Yeah. If I could if I could put one change for that isn't like crazy, because I, I have crazy ideas, but I think like practical ideas. Do that. Combine we got, we sound. Got a, we got a little time. What's your your crazy idea? I I would love. Well, that's not crazy. I would love to see best ensemble, but I I don't know that they'll ever do it. I think that's what. I, I now just, now the SAG awards do that, right? That, yes, that's yeah. their. That is their best the, picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I'm gonna amend my favorite speeches. So still bong at number one. I said Roger Deakins at two. Yeah. I I completely spaced on Laura Dern. That was a good one. That really, that was touching. Like she had said at the end, never meet your heroes. You should do one better and have them be your parents. I, I did. So I'm fucking welling up now yeah, thinking that was, about that. It, it and I wish, I wish Dernsey had been there for that. I, I thought her speech started very formulaic almost. And I, I was about to write it off. I was like, okay, I, I get it. I get it. And then, but then, and then, but then when she called out her parents, I was like, Oh, and her mom is there. Uh, Di- is Diane, Diane Ladd? Ladd? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why Bruce Dern. I know he's not in the best of health, but it's a shame that Bruce Dern couldn't be there for that yeah. as well. I'm sure he was weeping uncontrollably I'm, I'm at sure. home. <laughs> I listened. I listened to him on Marin, and it is genuinely one of my favorite episodes yeah. ever of Marin. He's nice. just the fucking best. Nice, nice. Um, cool. So, any any other lingering thoughts? I'm just. I'm again. I'm just. I'm giddy as shit with Parasite winning. I cannot. Cannot wait to buy that Criterion. Oh, I'll, Olivia Coleman is still lovely. Oh my god, still just the just loveliest wonderful. fucking. Oh, I, I, I have no, no other form for this. We watched Fleabag in like four nights, all yeah, of it. Amazing, it's so fucking good. Isn't that great? It's really. I good. cannot wait to do it again. Yeah, I fucking, it's fantastic. You see what I mean about the Obama thing coming yes, full circle? Ab- yes, absolutely. Fucking amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But and Olivia Coleman's great, both in real life and in the show. <laughs> Oh, I felt one other thing I haven't, I was trying to take notes as well as I was like marking what won and what lost was, um, I feel bad about, uh, makeup and hairstyling. It went to bombshell. Yes. There's two, two ladies and a bloke up there. The blokes spoke first and then they cut them off before either of the two women could speak. That was about the one time that didn't, that, where that happened. Obviously it happened at the end and they, the front And then they brought the lights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the, and Melissa actually made the comment about like oh that sucks and I go I go you know what you know what happened, I go the producers are watching this and one of the ladies seemed a, a, a bit older than the other one and she was the one that was trying to walk up to the mic and she just she just straight up didn't get there fast enough like I don't think it was that they lost they, they ran out of time nobody spoke for like four or five seconds and if you're gonna that can't, no dead air. So they 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 did what they had to do. I it, it is a bummer. It though. sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But I I. They, yeah, it was an, you know, it's the it's the thing that I would have done if I'm producing the show. I'm like, okay, cut, go to commercial, <laughs> we're done. Yeah, I still I'm I'm reeling from the Irishman getting just nothing. It's tough. It it's a son of a bitch, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, somebody's got to be a, a big loser, so it's just a shame it was that one. That's true. Yeah. Instead of what Ford Ferrari got two, three, three, three. Yeah. Th- mm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's two. It got editing and one of the sounds for sure. Sound editing and film editing, which yeah. I'm okay. fucking sorry. Give, give Thelma Shoemaker another one because the Irishman is. I don't. I don't give a shit about what anybody thinks about the length. That film is a brisk three and a half hours. She fucking nailed it. I, yeah, I, it is what it is. And if you were going to give the Irishman anything, if you were going to ignore any of the acting categories, if you were going to ignore the visual effects or ignore Scorsese, that is. I think the next best thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was still, I knew it was going to be Brad, but I was pulling so fucking hard for Pesci. Pesci, I wanted, I wanted another six second Pesci speech as well. (laughs) Thank you, Academy. Yep. Deuces. 
So I think I think that's it. I think we're gonna wave by 2019. You know, we'll catch up on the things we didn't see at some point. But are you still feeling smug over there? I'm not. No, not smug. Actually, isn't even the right word. I know. Giddy. I'm yeah. just really I excited that I know. I'm not trying to deliberately rain on your parade, but it's just. <laughs> oh no, you can't. I got a great. I, I know. I have I'm a s- parasite umbrella. It's it's just doing wonderful things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now uh, we're gonna we're gonna shift forward, and even though we are um, about a, about six weeks into this new year. Um, Mostly, it's been schlock that's come out so far. So, well, that's that's what happens. Yeah, you exactly. Get all the way up until March, it's just dumping shit that yeah. the studio doesn't give a fuck about. So, uh, we are going to give you our um, our five most anticipated films of twenty twenty. Would you like to do a couple of um, honorable mentions first? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll go first. An honorable mention of mine that I'm looking forward to in April is Promising Young Woman. That just came out at Sundance. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, with with Carrie Mulligan. It's uh, directed by uh, Emerald Fennell, who is a writer on Killing Eve. And this just looks... I'm, You know, Carrie Mulligan, it's not like she ever went away. I mean, she kind of was, was more choosy with some of her stuff. And I know she had a couple of kids. So that, you know... Oh, sorry. My, my co-host needs some water. I'll, uh, I'll give, him a, give him a water break God here. God damn it. You could have just kept talking. I could have kept going. Um, you're distracting. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're, you're, you're breaking my concentration, man. Anyway, um, no, I'm just excited to see Carrie Mulligan take on a role like that. I Absolutely. Think, I think it's going to be a movie with a lot to say, and I think it's going to, it looks, at least from the trailer anyway, like it's not going to pull any punches. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And the supporting cast looks fantastic as well. I heard uh, good things about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, Bo Burnham as a highlight. As one of the supporting players. I, I, I'm so glad that he's branching out, but I'm so desperate for a new Netflix special, I can't even tell you. I, I, I need so I need him to do something. Yeah. I need to see it. Yeah. There's only so many times you can watch Make Happy before you're like, okay, I can't. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> so what's an honorable mention for you? Something um, that didn't make your top five. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it made you, No Time to Die. I am... I am excited to see it. I, I, I don't know how good it'll be. I don't know what kind of a swan song it'll be, but... The trailer looks good, and I and Daniel, for for better or worse, I think Daniel Craig is our Bond. He is. I realized that Brosnan was technically the Bond when we were, you know, fledgling little, you know, ten year olds or whatever. But Daniel Craig is our Bond, and as as much as as people can say whatever about that, I've enjoyed more enjoyed than not the movies he did. And I, I, again, I don't know how it'll go. I'm not sure how it'll be, but I, I am excited to see it. I'm sure you've already can guess it's on my top five most anticipated. I didn't know that. Oh, well. Well, then I'll shut the fuck up and we'll talk about it more later. Okay, excellent. Uh, uh, any, do you have any others? Yeah. Um, uh, Viggo Mortensen has directed a movie that was just oh, at cool. Sundance called uh, Falling, which um, is about a conservative father who moves from a rural farm uh, in with his gay son in Los Angeles. So I'm going to assume there's a bit of, you know, tension across, you know, well, that, what's the yeah, word the, I'm, I'm thinking of here? Just the, the sort of generational divide yeah. um, and you know, lifestyles and things like that. I'm just I'm excited to see what Vigo is going to do behind the camera, because obviously he's one of I think one of our most underrated actors. Oh, Obviously, he's... not having one for for Captain Fantastic. <laughs> that movie's so good. Yeah. God, that movie's so it's great. Good. And he's and he assembled a, a really interesting supporting cast as well. He's got David Cronenberg in there. In it. In it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Laura Linney and uh, Lance Henriksen, who I fucking love. Lance Henriksen. Wow. That yeah. is a... I didn't know he was still going. I mean, I knew he was still alive, but the fact that he's still going, man, he's in his isn't he in his eighties? He's getting up there. He, he well, yeah, I would guess he's, about he's that. He's way up he's there. So up I'm glad there. to see that he's still he's still going. Um, so I only have, I have only have one more, um, because I, I, a lot of these things I just don't know about. And so I really wanted my list to be like the five that I'm like excited about. And um, there's a lot that I'm sure are, are going to be good. I just don't know enough about them yet. Um, there was another Sundance one. This is called Minari. Um, it, it's, it's gotten a lot of praise for it. It's, um, Steven Yun, who is, uh, um, from the walking dead. He's kind of taken off. He's got a, a nice little film career. Um, uh, it's uh, by Lee Isaac Chung, who I don't know anything about, but it's gotten a lot of great reviews coming out of Sundance. Um, who's the? Oh, Will Patton is in it, and I think it's got something to do with. Uh, um, it's got a very uh, kind of race tension vibe to it about it. I think it's like an it's a it's a period piece too. Um, it's an a, basically just a Korean family moves to Arkansas to start a farm in the eighties. 
but you can kind of see the you know how their the cultural differences in that time might clash. And I I I I don't know much about it. It's just it's that's why I didn't make my top five. But enough I've heard enough chatter about it that makes it seem like it could be like a, a nice early contender for for something down the road. Yeah. Who knows? And it's we've got a, a interesting year for sequels coming up. So yeah. I'll I'll jump right into the the bottom of my top five with a a long gestating sequel. Bill and Ted face the music. This is your five. This is my number five. Okay. I know it's a it's a it's an odd one. I, that's I okay. mean the I mean the swing between quality. I mean the first one's not amazing. It's a guilty pleasure for me because I grew up with it. Sure. But that second one is, whew, it's rough. The 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 um, it's, it's excellent adventure and bogus bogus journey. Yeah, yeah, bogus journey is a little rough. Like really rough around the edges, but I I think if you take the time to to look, it's again it's a similar way I feel about Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, fucking stupid movie, but if you take the time to break down some of the writing, some of it is incredibly intelligently written. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't say I've seen Bogus Journey. Oh, and you I, haven't. I can't say that I remember Excellent Adventure yeah. very well at all. I'm gonna. I'm. I will say I'm. It feels a little. It's sad that George Carlin isn't still with us to reprise the role of Rufus. So I know I'm going to I'm going to miss that and I hope they don't try and do any sort of digital face replacement on anybody <sighs> I to it. I really hope they leave that. I don't think they have the budget one yeah. to do that and even if they do I hope they don't. Yeah. Um but I'm just I'm very excited to see these two guys slip back into these roles and you know for all the shit that people gave Keanu you know a decade ago, you know we were all still kind of talking shit about him and then he emerged with john wick as this new sort of hollywood at least in the the sort of public zeitgeist i mean in the industry he's always been massively respected yeah and people love working with him by all accounts that i've seen but you know for us non-industry people there's a, a fair amount of shit talking that had happened about keanu before john wick yeah and so i'm excited for him to sort of spin that on his head and and go back to his roots and go this is i'm gonna do the type of role again you all talk shit about me for so fuck you i i I really hope it's going to be a triumphant sort of return to that kind of character i i I feel like it's either gonna do pretty like box office i I think it'll do well just because it is a, a like a random sequel that nobody was like clamoring for and those ones can be can do well like they they come out of left field it's like oh uh, okay uh, that or like the generation who really grew up on it is not going to care and like people even younger than us are going to be like i don't get this yeah exactly i, it, it could, I, I think there's going to be really bad too it's gonna there's going to be a massive generational yeah sort of divide in the same way that i think i mean they couldn't get at least i don't know did kevin smith deliberately choose to not distribute Jane Silent Bob reboot in I a larger way. I still don't know the story behind that. I, I know. No like, why did it just do two nights and then straight to video? Like, they, could they not get distribution? Is not. it like a generational thing? Do people not care about Jane Silent Bob again? Is this probably the reason why we've never had a Wayne's World 3? People just don't give a fuck about... Could you really get Dana Carvey and, and uh, Mike Myers to do it? I think it'd be tough. I think it'd be real tough. I can't say it wouldn't be worth it though. I mean, they've they've collaborated again on Saturday Night Live and just little yeah, just little pieces here and it there. It probably took a lot of talk a talking right, to to get right. that to happen. Anyways, yeah. um, so my my five may or may not be higher on your list. I have no idea. It's the French Dispatch. I I have a I have a a three way tie for fourth position. Is that one of them? Yeah, it is oh, one of okay, them. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you know. And, and as I look at this list here, uh, f- four of them are are directors whose work I will see pretty much sight unseen now. And um, this, this Wes being, Anderson's one of them. This being one of them, right? Um, and even um, and because it, it was a couple of years ago, we 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 didn't watch all of his movies back to back, but we we I think we picked like the three that we hadn't seen uh, enough of. So we we had seen. We sat down in consecutive nights. We watched Life Aquatic. We watched um, Darjeeling, and then we watched Rushmore. And then on the fourth night, we watched Bottle Rocket, which we had never seen. And Darjeeling, to me, is a, a, a low point and kind of the the, the weird like – it, it's it's an outlier. Because I really find every other one, for whatever reason, quirky, unique, fun. Even and, Isle of Dogs? Um, Isle of Dogs probably needs another, another watch. 
But I'm okay with Isle of Dogs. It's 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 not nearly as good as Fantastic Mr. Oh, Fox. Oh no! I, 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 if you compare just those two alone, I, Isle of Dogs was a little fatiguing for me. If yeah. I'm honest, it, well, I didn't find it as as interesting or compelling to watch. Right. I thought, again, I, I want to see I want to see Wes Anderson work with George Clooney and Meryl Streep live action. But I I it was great. Uh, the, the characterizations of of Mr. Fox and his like the George 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 Clooney just being weird, quirky confident fox was great uh, you you can't see me because this is radio but i was nodding vigorously yes in, he was he in, was in uh in I agreement will, i will can I, I i can concur that that, that yeah. took place so yeah i mean i i just the here i'm just gonna do this i'm just gonna read names okay oh is this the whole look it's, look it's, at my look at all my famous it's, friends it's a lot of them and some of them there's a few i really didn't even realize were in this so um so timothy chalamet uh sarsha ronan Elizabeth Moss, Leah Sadu, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Willem Dafoe, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, Owen Wilson, Leah Schreiber, who I didn't know was in this, Adrian Brody, Benicio Del Toro, Angelica Houston, Francis McDormand, Jeffrey White, Jason Schwartzman, and this last one, Henry Winkler, apparently is in this. And then I stopped because there were a few more. I was like, and I didn't quite know who they were. I was like, but fuck this. That is... Isn't Bob Balaban in it too? Yes, he is. Yeah. That was when I left. I was like, that's when I was like, I can't. I, I just got to stop writing names down. Yeah, right. Oh, well, so I remember, I don't, I can't, I wish I could remember what the movie we saw was, but there was a trailer for Isle of Dogs in front of it. And of course it does the thing at the end of the trailer where it pops all the names. And I heard like audible, like, oh God, in the, in the theater of people going. And I was like, well, well, fuck you. But yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, it really is. Look at all my famous friends at that point. Sure. But I also, there's something about that, about being able to read all of those names and having them be in one movie. I, sure. think, I think it's jealousy more than anything else. I, well, I, I look at that and I go, I like, I love that they are willing to probably not be making a shitload of money. They're probably oh, no, working you, at scale. You can't pay all those people to, what they're worth. To, to do something that they actually want to do. Um, you know, and, and like a lot of these people, um, I mean, like Chalamet and, and Elizabeth Moss. I'm wondering if there's anybody else. Maybe Wink, you know, Winkler, I would guess, Del Toro. They've never worked with him before. So there, I like that there's half of them are just like, I appreciate what you do. I want to work with you. And then the other half is like, ah, oh, it's Wes. I can do this yeah. for Wes. Yeah. Which is course. great. I think that's fantastic. And of course, Murray and McDormand and uh, and Houston has said, I, again, going back to another shout out from Marin, I listened to the Angelica Houston. She's like, yeah, I've, whatever he wants me to do, I'll do it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I hope, I mean, I have kids, so a lot of these are going to be hard make it out there to go see but i have every intention of going to see this when it comes out so yeah i i'm happy to have that at number four i'm also so what else do you got uh my list was thrown into complete disarray when i saw the trailer for the green knight yesterday i still haven't seen that it's because uh, david cause, david lowry the guy who I did watch... ain't, ain't them body saints and I ghost story seen... old oh, man okay. and the old man and the gun okay. with, okay. with robert redford yeah i'm just I had to watch it like two or three times. I'm like, what is this? And of course, it's another A24 film and Dev Patel is the lead in it, which mm-hmm. is great. I'm glad to see that he is not forgotten after something like Slumdog Millionaire. It seems like he's been consistently working, which yeah. is great that we have, you know, a leading star from, from India. Mm-hmm. It's great. I'm glad that they he's broken into into Hollywood and yeah. has manta- managed to maintain a career yeah. as a, a leading man. So, so yep. I'm excited about that. The other one that I'm so, childishly so what's excited. It, what's it your four? You had a couple, right? Yeah. So, so I would say it's, it's a three-way tie between Green Knight, French Dispatch, and Top Gun Maverick. I don't care. I'm childishly excited for this film. <laughs> and I just, I appreciate the amount of work that's going into it. I mean, they're talking this thing up like you have genuinely never seen what we are doing in this film. And that always, I, and I know, of course, you've got to sell the movie, but. You don't need to sell this movie. People have been like chomping at the bit for this film for over 30 years. Yeah. So I I have to say I believe them when they say that we are genuinely going to show you something you've never seen. No, I'm 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 sure it'll be the definition of entertaining. Um it didn't make my list cuz I can't say that I'm giddy about it, you know. I I are if you go back and listen to our Top Gun episode, it's entertaining. I I mean, it's not it's monumental in different ways. It's not historic it's not like you know your 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 life is going to be profoundly changed but it is certainly entertaining and and you're right i i 
and unlike the Bill and Ted, this this is a sequel people have been clamoring for. But you know, in a real way, it seemed like it also was never going to happen. So then, when it was announced, I think people were got really fucking excited. And about that's what it. that's what I've seen in little EPK snippets of of Tom Cruise talking about. He's like, yeah, if I'm going to do this, there has to be a goddamn good reason for me to do it because he adores this character. It made his career. There has to be a justifiable reason to put yourself through this again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I so don't, I'm, I'm trying so hard to give them the benefit of the doubt and to keep my expectations at a reasonable level. Sure, I hear you. I hear you. Um, uh, my number four, I guarantee, will not be on your list. Um, it is a, uh, an, a film adaptation of the musical In the Heights. Um, and this is Lynn Lynn Manuel uh, Miranda. Yeah, yeah. This was the first musical that he got staged. This was what made him a big deal. Um, he won the. T- this was when he won the Tony for best musical. Almost maybe almost a decade or so before Hamilton came out. Um, oh, it's that old. Oh yeah, it came out in the in the aughts. Okay. Oh seven, oh six, somewhere around there. I want to say. Um, and it's got some people who are on stage in Hamilton in it. Um, I don't know the director. The, John M. Chu is the director. He had like a couple of step up movies and like. Uh, yeah, I recognize that name. G.I. Joe. Yeah, that's so, where I recognize so his not, name from. I'm not excited because of. Him. He's the one director on this list. I'm like, you're only here because I'm excited about seeing the musical on stage. Um, and, you know, it's been a while since there's been something, you know, the, the, the musicals haven't been so great in the last last few years. And. I think doing something like again uniquely original, and this is this is about like the Latin sector of of Queens, and and just there, there's like a flair that I think is going to be really excited. I, I'm excited to see on on, on screen, and I, I think Lin Manuel is becoming one of those. I mean, he keeps kind of notching up up and up in in, in terms of Hollywood eyes because of all the stuff he can do. I, I I'm not going to say he's the strongest actor, but because of how creative and talented he is on all, all the other things. I think I think this will be good. I, I'm, I'm excited to see this. So not knowing anything about In the Heights, does it have a sort of West Side Story vibe to it? And do you think this year is going to be the battle of the musicals between that and Spielberg's West Side Story? Uh, no, because Silent Scene, I think West Side Story is not going to do very well. I, I kind of I don't want to I don't want to shit on anything. I, obviously, you want everything to perform well, but I, I kind of hope it doesn't. Because why why are we doing that? Like, why why I, I is that know. happening? I don't I, I you know part of me wants to be like you know if if Spielberg was so interested in branching out and doing a musical, which I, I and I I hope that's part of it, like wanting to continue even at his age to like do new things and 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 make new projects. Oh no, trust me, I'm I'm not yeah. above like yes, I want to see Spielberg do things that he hasn't done before because you know, we talked about Bridge of Spies briefly. I mean, yeah, you're not showing us anything. Yeah. You haven't shown us before even to an extent with the post. It's like okay, yeah, this is what you do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for him to do a musical. It's just why this one? I'm I'm curious I, I will say, as talented as he is, he's also a really he's an on the fence director. And what and what I mean what I mean by that is that he's not going to push like any kind of political agenda too far one way or the other. And West Side Story is is a musical that being I don't know how how they're adapting it. I'm not sure if it's going to be set in the '60s or if it's going to be set a little more contemporary. But you could this this would be an interesting musical to do now and to really make a broader statement at large about the world that we live in and, and how we're still dealing with race issues in this country. I don't think it's going to do that. I think it'll keep what's in the script because you can't really change that. It. It's about the, the white Americans and the Puerto Ricans. So I wonder how, but I, I just wonder how much more it's going to do besides what's already been given to them. So I, and I'm sure we'll still see it, but I'm not as excited about it because I don't understand the why. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I'm going to guess my number three is on your list as well. And it's Sorry We Missed You. Oh, I don't know. What is this? Ken Loach's new film. I didn't know that was even a thing. Oh, okay. Well, here you go. This is my number three is is Ken Loach's new film. It's uh, the plot, according to IMDb, is hoping that self-employment through gig economy can solve their financial woes. A hard up UK delivery driver and his wife struggle to raise a family and end up trapped in the vicious circle of the modern-day form uh, of labor exploitation. Well, that sounds like a Loach movie. It does absolutely sound like a Loach movie. It was up for uh, the Palme d'Or last year at Cannes. It lost to Parasite. Oh. And it was up for the the BAFTA for Best British Film, of course, lost to 1917. So, I mean, I mean I've, I've loved Ken Loach since I saw 
the wind that shakes with barley, but I hadn't really branched out too much until, of course, you showed me uh, I, Daniel Blake, and yeah. now I'm just, I, I want it all. Give me all the Ken Loach. So has it, it's not been, has it been released in the UK? Yeah, it just hasn't, it hasn't come to the States yet. Okay. It comes to okay. the States, uh, I believe, the middle of March. And that's going to be one. That I, that's going to be like you're up to probably scour. Yeah, you're going to have to go out of your play. way. That's Damn, probably going to be fuck. you know in the city, ah, a small theater. Shit. I'm hoping that our Cinemark in Bellevue gets it because they get a lot of indie stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty good at balancing, you know, the big stuff with indie stuff, and yeah. then they also get a lot of foreign cinema as well. A lot of Bollywood features go there. Oh, cool. That's yeah, awesome. so it's it's a real diverse. So, I mean, you can go there and literally see anything, which is really nice. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, my three is I is higher on your list. It's Dune. Oh, I'm, I didn't know that. I figured you wouldn't be excited about that other than the fact that it was directed by Denis. That, that is what... That, that is what's driving yeah, you. I yeah, do yeah. not... I, I understand the, the, the crazy history with Jodorowsky and how he... And, and the... The Did do- you see the documentary that Joe Dorowski's doing? No, I haven't. You really, you will really, really like that documentary. I, you and and other people who I don't know in person, but I listen to, have also said very similar things. That I I have definitely heard that. Dune Dune is my number two. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. Um, I, but I mean, again, like like a Wes Anderson, like the two other people I haven't talked about yet on my list. When or or like Tarantino or Scorsese or whoever like there are directors I I follow now pretty blindly and I I don't care what he's making I'm going to see this movie um despite the fact that again I have reservations about Timothy Chalamet I'm hoping I'm hoping these two movies show me something different because I He want, can't do I, any worse than Kyle MacLachlan and I David want, Lynch's come on I it's it's not about I, I I'm talking about Timothy Chalamet <laughs> not the role I'm talking about yeah, him Yeah I I know I just I got some, I got some reservations. But, but the a good rest cast of here the too. rest of that cast: yeah. Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Zendaya, Charlotte Rampling, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Oscar Isaac, Stellan Skarsgård, Javier Bardem. Yeah, you fuck me, I'm in. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do this thing. Don't tell me. I, I mean, you could have told me that this it's called Untitled because fuck you. I'd be like, oh, great. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I, I want that. Yeah, I, I and, need and that in my it, life. And hopefully, if it's successful, they're gonna do. They're gonna do what what they did with it, and it's gonna be part of a larger thing. This is like part one of potentially two or three films. Ah, man, and I I just hope Denis doesn't get so bogged down in this world because I want to see because well I won't well can I say what what my two is really quick yeah yeah go for it so my two is Tenet I I figured as much um and I and that's not to say I'm not excited about Tenet because yeah. I am it's just that this comes back to a, a previous debate that we have had before and and not that i saying that you were debating me but it was part of a larger debate is that i want to see nolan make something small again and that's so that's my fear with denis is that he's going to get trapped now making big 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 things yeah because watch his trajectory yeah that's that has been happening oh yeah please denis denis because i know you listen please please don't don't bring it back rein it in and of course and this will be three sci-fi films in a row for him Arrival, Arrival, Blade Runner, and now this. Yeah, and that's my that, honestly, that's my concern. I don't yeah. want to see him. And again, I, it hasn't stopped me from going to see Chris Nolan movies. But I, I, I want him to 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 not get. Look at all the money we're going to give you to make these movies. Be like, cool, that's great. But I also want to make you know a nice kitchen sink drama or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I don't. Well, and and my. To counterpoint that fear is if Dune is a massive success, which I really hope it is, and they say to him, yes, let's do the rest, let's do part two, or let's do the whole trilogy, whatever it is they have planned, I really want Denis to finish it, because how many times have we seen a trilogy get taken over by a second or third director, and it was completely fucked? Sure. Case in point, the Star Wars, the sequel trilogy, fucking the first X-Men trilogy, Brett Ratner fucked that thing six ways from Sunday with The Last Stand. Now, I'm not a huge X-Men fan as it is, but if you take a look at the dip in quality between two and three, I yeah, the drop-off, it's it's huge. Yeah. yeah I just, yeah. I, so I'm with you. Yes, I don't want to see him get bogged down in this, but I also don't want him to walk away and not finish it and let it go to shit. Yeah. Kind of like he did with with Sicario. I mean, Sicario 2 is the day of the Soldado. I, I didn't see it. It's okay. Yeah. But Sicar- the first Sicario is fucking unique yeah. and amazing and just 
I don't know. It's, it's riveting. It's great. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to say much about Tenet because... Uh, you Sorry, Tenet's your number two. Yeah, it's my number two. Okay. It The trailers are out there. Um, it's got a pretty good cast. John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Kenneth Branagh, Michael Caine, Clements Poesy. That's great. That's awesome. Amazing cast. Um, but I was listening to something the other day, and it, they just they, they more eloquently articulated like the thought that I've had in my head, which is Chris Nolan is one of the last few directors that studios are giving massive amounts of money to to make original movies. That is impressive. And if for no other reason than the fact that I just I like his movies anyway, that's really cool. And and as much as Dunkirk fell into oh it's just another war drama and which it's it's really not. No, it's I think I think Dunkirk is great. And Interstellar is very polarizing. I I I'm not going to I can't knock any of his movies. I I with with the exception of Interstellar, I love all of his movies. I do. I I think they're all fantastic. Um, people, I know some people go like, well, what, "What about Insomnia?" I go, "Insomnia is fucking great." Insomnia was like one of the last good Pacino performances before The Irishman. I I, I oh one hundred percent. I think they're. I think the leads in that are fan. And what a one-two punch for Robin Williams. Yeah, that Insomnia and One, one Hour, hour photo. photo. Who yeah. the fuck saw that coming? So. I mean, I just, I have, I have all, Christopher Nolan hasn't let me down. And even with Interstellar, I wasn't let down. I was just more confused. But oh, more than I, anything, I was 100% disappointed. Oh, well, but, but so, but I, I've never, I haven't seen a dip in the in quality, I guess. I, I am, I'm so gung-ho. Sure, yeah, no, it's tenant. a quality film if that's your kind of thing. But yeah, as I've said a hundred times before, and I'll keep saying it, I've seen 2001. I, yeah, I know. I know. I'm going to keep know. saying it. Well, we're not talking about Intercell. We're talking no, about Tenet. We're talking about Tenet. I'm very I am, excited about it. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I'm excited to see if there is, in fact, going to be a time travel element to this thing and what he'll do yeah. with that. Time travel is really tough to pull off in movies. There's only a handful that I can think of that I really like that, that try and handle that. I want to say it, it goes um, back to the future. And then the rest can go fuck themselves. <laughs> oh, you give the what about the first Terminator? Uh, no, I, I know, I, I know just, you're being facetious, just being a dick. But you've seen um, Looper, right? Oh, I love Looper. Looper's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I totally just, I just Back to the Future is like one of my all-time faves. I, I wonder if our number one is the same. No, because you've already mentioned it as an honorable mention. For me, it's No Time to Die. Oh wow, that's Holy my most anticipated shit. film because it is Daniel Craig's last. And okay. as you said, he okay. is he is our Bond. He got the opportunity to do something that I feel like Timothy Dalton should have been given the opportunity. Because my problem with the Timothy Dalton movies, as much as I do like Living Daylights and License to Kill, Living Daylights is still a, really a part of the Roger Moore era, and License to Kill swings way too far the other way to try and compensate for getting away from the Roger Moore era in the sense that this is a huge long diatribe I can go on, and I've probably said it before, but after Honor Majesty's Secret Service, the Roger Lazenby film, the Bond franchise stopped being trendsetters and started being trend followers. As soon as Roger Moore stepped into the role and did Live and Let Die, that's what they became. And License to Kill is essentially just them doing, even to the point where they hired Michael Kamen to get to do the score, who really was a one-note composer. I mean, if you look at the scores for that, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon back-to-back, they are exactly the same. Sure. So to bring it back around to Daniel Craig, he got, as I was saying, the chance to do something that Timothy Dalton wanted to do, yeah. and which is to, to give us something that was closer to the character as Ian Fleming wrote him. But he was... Dalton was hampered by the two films that he made, not giving him the opportunity to do that. And it's great that Craig is also a producer on the last two as well, and so he's been able to help steer the ship and sort of guide what they're doing. What I really hope they do is go back to, because what uh, Albert Broccoli said before he died uh, to his daughter, who is now the caretaker of the franchise, is whenever you're in a hole, Wherever you're in trouble, you go back to Fleming, go back to the books. And I'm really hoping that they, because they've got Blofeld back and because they've got a sort of love of his life angle back in the series as they had in Casino Royale, is that we have the ending of our Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I really hope that this is where this is going, that the first time we meet Bond, he gives himself over to this this woman and he is betrayed. And now he's going to give himself over to another woman and this may be the end of him yeah cool oh yeah i mean so i'm i'm really hoping that this thing goes out 
big. I, I mean, mean like really game changingly big. This probably would have been like my six. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just yeah. on the on the yeah. outside. I, I I I'm gonna say And Rami Malik is the villain. I, I, I don't give a I, shit. I know you don't. Who cares? But maybe maybe I'll I'll watch Mr. Robot and I'll I'll see. The, oh, he is talented, but um, I don't I don't have that opinion of him right at this moment. So. Okay. I'm shaking my head in disapproval. You mean because he, he got his best impre- impression Oscar? Um, so my wow. number one, I'm kind of surprised my number one isn't on your list. Um, it's Mank. Do you know about Mank? I do know about Mank. I'm a little surprised. I know. Uh, so it's just I feel like there's not been enough momentum to get me excited. I am. Who gives a shit? I know it's David Fincher, and you know you you have your problem with with true stories anyway and i feel like true stories winning awards and that nope, sort of no nope, not true stories and, not and, true stories yes no nope, yeah. that's not my issue that's not my issue my I, I love i love based on real event true story things i just don't think we need to give oscars to how well somebody looked like somebody else i i just can't with this I, okay that's fine go enjoy your 1917 defeat wow that's that's hurtful that's know. that's spiteful um and, but no i am i am excited to see i think why he's and i did i did do a little research about yeah. that that movie before we recorded this episode and i'm i was curious as to why this story like what what is it about this story in particular that would have pulled david fincher into it and made him want to i guess it's a script that's been around for years and his dad wrote yeah. it. yeah yeah, which is really nice that he's he's doing that for his dad. And I I think it's one of those it's going to be one of those things where you know, David Fincher is just you know, very few directors have the quality of film where you 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 watch it and you go, "I know who directed this movie." He's got a style of which and I'm not directly comparing him like Kubrick, but when you turn on a Kubrick movie, you know, it almost instantly, okay, oh, this is this is Stanley Kubrick. And I think I think Fincher has that quality to his movies. And there's just something about. I think it's going to be a while before he's recognized for that on a on a larger scale because I, I don't feel like Fincher gets talked about in those terms Which necessarily. Is just crazy. It, it's stupid. Um, but I, there's just something about like when you look at his last couple of movies, and good, I'm not I'm not shitting on him, but like they're you know he's got such a they can get so dark you know there's such a like a a below beneath the surface. And I, I realize that this is supposed to be an exploration of who really has the screenwriting credit for Citizen Kane. But I I hope, I want that same flair. I want that same quality of his work, but just on a movie that doesn't necessarily fit it, if that makes sense. I, I want to see how that works. I'm, I, I just, well, I'm just also hoping that it doesn't pull any punches and it's, you know, that he really does need to indict the studio for hanging wells out to dry and for, you know, for, and to, Honestly, go after William Randolph Hearst, who tried to bury this thing. Well, and that's the thing is, I don't, I, I don't. There's so little that I know about it. Ultimately, that I, I don't know how far it's gonna go into those, those branches of the history of it. You know, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. And David Fincher hasn't made a movie since Gone Girl, and I know I realize he's been doing other things, but it's been too long. Yeah, it's been way too long. And, uh, and the fact that he's got Gary Oldman, you know, Gary yeah. Oldman in. A Dennis uh, uh, in a David Fincher film. That's enough for me, no matter what the film is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, well, great. So there you go. We've said bye, 2019, and and hello to the movies that we're very uh, excited to see. Um, hopefully, it'll be a good year at the movies. Really quick, just as another sort of honorable mention, or I was curious to know what you think about another Ghostbusters. I don't care. I figured it's. I mean, I've I've seen the first one. I I get why people like it so much. I think like, a, I mean, it's the way that I feel about, about a lot of nineties comedies. It's a way that a lot of like people in my, in our parents generation feel about some of the eighties comedies. I, I wasn't there. I didn't live through the hype. I think it's a fine movie. I don't, I don't, I don't need another one. I, I, I feel the same way about when they made the, the female version. I, I didn't care that it was all female. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. That's fine. You, you keep doing your thing. Ghostbusters. I, I guess you're still relevant. But I mean, it'll be curious to see, uh, you know, Murray and uh, and Aykroyd and stuff back in it. So they, so you haven't seen the trailer for it then? No. Okay. So the, because trailers suck. They do. The angle with this one, and it doesn't look like it's giving away a ton. It's the uh, the grandson of the Harold Ramis character. They, you know, him and his mom, they're they're bankrupt. They go out to this old farmhouse that that character, I can't remember his character's name in the movie, had. He's got this, you know 
bit of property in this shed out there on this this bit of land and yeah. underneath it there's uh all of his old ghostbusters shit and yeah. they let that loose uh, Paul Rudd is in it as well as this teacher. There's this great moment in the trailer where they bring in one of the things that, the, that they use to trap the ghosts. And he's like, wow, this is a cool replica. And the kid's like, it's not a replica. Well, and you can't lose with Paul Rudd either. So. You can't. Like, that's, again, that's enough to get me excited. They got yeah. Paul Rudd. Let's do this thing. Well, cool. So there you go. So those are the, the movies that we're most excited about in 2020. Um, but please hit us up on, on Facebook and on Twitter. Let us know what you are looking forward to. We always like to have those uh, those conversations with you. Um, you can find us on on iTunes or whatever it is now, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all those great places. Um, uh, we, we thank you for, for listening. And uh, we hope you join us next week. And until then, I'm Adam. And I'm Ian. And we will see you next week.